Alrighty, and we are back with another edition of the Jim Bratton Podcast. Thank you guys so much for watching and listening, and for the Facebook Live audience that just so happens to be tuning in, I'm really glad that I'm finally able to bring this video to you, lack of a better phrase, because I'd actually made, just made a big boy purchase today, if you will, and had to get a new laptop, and for a few minutes there, I was beginning to worry about whether or not the camera on the new computer that I got would allow me to connect to Facebook Live, but luckily I just remembered off the top of my head that I got a new webcam for uh, Christmas a couple months ago, and so that is the sole reason as to why I'm coming to you live on video today. So thank you guys so much for watching and listening. Now that we've gotten that out of the way, what am I going to be talking about today? What am I going to be talking about? Well, the Tennessee, as you can see in the title of the video slash audio for this particular episode of the show, the Tennessee Titans have been pretty busy this week, lack of a better phrase, sort of clearing some cap space for, 20, for the books for 2023, and as I saw the news and heard the news of the Titans making all of these moves, and saw all of the guys that were going to be cut and who could possibly be cut, I really thought, the really bad thought that popped into my head is, boy, John Robinson really did leave the Titans in really bad salary cap shape, didn't he? He really did. He really messed up in that regard, and plenty of other regards that, there are plenty of other regards that John Robinson messed up on that I don't really have the time to get into on this particular episode of the show, but the one big mess that now General Manager Rand Carthon is going to have to clean up from the John Robinson administration is the mess of the salary cap. And obviously this, this week, Rand Carthon made four pretty big moves to address that situation. Here are the four guys that were cut this week as, that I'm aware of as of me coming to you on this broadcast. First one, and the most obvious one that we could all see coming from a country mile away probably, was Taylor Lewan, uh, Robert Woods, wide receiver Robert Woods, or Bobby Trees, as we called him. Probably will not 
call him anymore, at least in a loving way, since he's no longer with the team, but I rest my case on that. He was the second one to go. The third one to go was kicker Randy Bullock, which, eh, I guess, hell, and I'll get into all of these a little bit more in detail here in a minute, but Randy Bullock was the third guy to go, the kicker, and Zach Cunningham, probably the most surprising of the group of four that got cut, and I'll get into a few of the reasons as to why I think that is the case here in a minute, but just to run through some of the numbers as far as how much money this saves the Tennessee Titans as far as the salary cap is concerned. Uh, cutting Taylor Lewan saved $14.8 million. Robert Woods saved about $12 million. Randy Bullock saved just a little bit north of $2 million. And by cutting Zach Cunningham, the Titans were able to save about $8.9 million. And obviously, that's a good start to get back to being in the green as it relates to the salary cap situation, which the Titans, after making all four of these moves, they technically are in the green after making just those four cuts by about a little bit north of $3 million. And obviously you can assume by the sort of surplus of cash that's available in the salary cap, there's obviously a lot more trimming and restructuring that has to be, there's probably going to be a lot of restructuring that goes on with coming up in the next days and weeks as it relates to the Titans salary cap situation and sort of getting that cleaned up for the 2023 season. But I guess I'm going to go ahead and touch on these cut, these four major cuts individually, uh, starting with the most obvious one, Taylor Lewan, obviously. That's the big one that, again, as I said before, we could all see coming from a country mile. Uh, nine years Taylor Lewan was with the Titans. That is a long time, especially when you're talking about the career of a premier left tackle or really any kind of offensive lineman. Nine years. That's pretty big lifespan for the career of a left tackle in the NFL. And obviously, that's going back to the 2014 season. I believe he was the first, actually the first draft pick of the Ken Wesenhund era. 
if you can believe it or not. He was. Uh, obviously, that means he was the probably the longest tenured, or definitely the longest tenured titan as it relates to, obviously, the Tennessee Titans. And it's sort of bittersweet when you look at it because obviously the length of time that Taylor Lewan has been around and obviously whether you love him or you hate him, I've seen all kinds of mixed reactions on social media over the course of the last couple of days since the move was ultimately made to cut Taylor Lewan. And whether you love him or hate him, he was obviously a integral part of this franchise. There's no doubt about that. And the one thing, one other thing I will say about Taylor Lewan is he sort of knew that this was coming. As, as goofy as he can be with Will Compton on the Bussin' with the Boys podcast. I remember he was giving an interview with, I think it was NFL Network, where he said that this was definitely going to happen. He obviously expected it, that both sides, that this is probably going to be the direction that both sides were going to go with, and obviously him saying that, again, I want to emphasize, as goofy as he can be on his podcast, he's still smart enough to understand the business that goes along with being in the NFL as long as he's been in the NFL, and another important thing to point out that is that he's obviously coming back from the ACL tear, which doesn't help his situation in that respect. It also doesn't help his situation that he failed the physical. So this allowed the Titans to sort of cut him with a failed physical designation. And really that just emphasizes that it's probably the right move that the Titans went with here, but it may also be something that hampers Taylor Lewan if he does decide to get back into the NFL. Personally, I think that just from the tone of Taylor Lewan since the reality has sort of sunk into his head that this is probably going to be what ended up happening. I think, just this is my gut here, this is just me talking, uh, I think he's sort of leaning more toward retirement than deciding to play for another NFL team, obviously he's already ruled out 
playing for another AFC South team. So, for all of you Colts, Jags, and Texans fans out there, and there's probably not that many of you listening to this, honestly, but if there are, just do not get your hopes up as it relates to your team being able to sign Taylor Lewan. And, of course, the main reason why this particular cut is being made as it relates to Taylor Lewan is just comes down to the basic question of in today's world as it relates to being in any sport, but in the NFL in particular, what is the best sort of avail- sort of ability that you can have? It's not how fast you are or how high you can jump or how long you can jump. That'll be, that'll be taken care of at the NFL Combine here in about a month or so. Or maybe not even a full month. It may be a couple of weeks away, actually. I'd have to go back and check the league schedule on that. But all of that aside, what is the best ability that you can have. It is your availability. And availability is obviously not something that Taylor Lewan has had over the course of the last three years in particular. And so that was obviously a big thing as it relates to why the Titans made this decision, but again, it's a really bittersweet time for the Titans fan base and the Titans organization. It's bitter because obviously you're moving on from a guy who's been with your team for nine years, but also because it is sweet because Doing this allows the Titans to look ahead to the future at that left tackle position, which is obviously something they've been wanting to do for quite a long time now. Even dating back to the regular season when we had to deal with the travesty of dealing with seeing Dennis Daly playing left tackle. I mean, my gosh. That is something that I never want to see again. It's almost like we were playing with four offensive linemen because of the human turnstile that is Dennis Daly. And it's funny because I saw Music City Miracles put out an article on Twitter that said, should the Titans consider bringing back Dennis Daly? And... Upon seeing that, my reaction was, <laughs> are, are you serious? Are you, we seriously talking about this? Apparently, Music City Miracles is. But, obviously, that is, I, ho- I hope to all get out, if I can be 
sort of correct as I say this. I hope with, and frank, frankly, I pray with every fiber of my being that Dennis Daly is not the starting left tackle for the Titans and that they choose to go in another direction. That's another quick little sidebar that I have as it relates to the left tackle situation for the Titans. Let me get to Robert Woods, the receiver who was picked up from the Los Angeles Rams last year. Uh, obviously, when, when you look at the numbers as it relates to Robert Woods last season, obviously the Titans' passing game was crappy at 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 worst. I should that's probably the the most correct politically correct word that I can use about the Tennessee Titans passing game last year. It was just god awful. And Robert Woods did not help, and it was really expected by a lot of fans that he would help, which is why I say that this is a very disappointing situation. But just some of his stats from last year, he had 53 catches for 527 yards, two touchdowns. 53 catches, 527 yards, barely over 500 yards receiving, and two touchdowns. And again, as I mentioned, yes, there were a lot of other issues that the Titans had to deal with. Injuries, Todd Downing, one of, one of whom, of course, thankfully is no longer with the Titans and they don't have to deal with him anymore. But the Titans clearly had a lot of issues on offense last year. Robert Woods was not able to help those issues really in any way, shape, or form, and it just goes to re-emphasize the point that I made a little bit earlier in the show when I talked about some of J-Rob, John Robinson's misses as it relates to the now disgraced former Tennessee Titans general manager. This is just another one of those misses. And obviously, judging by some of Robert Wood's recent tweets that have come to light in recent days, obviously he is looking forward to the prospect of free agency. I mean, when you, when you tweet something, to, and I can't remember exactly what the tweet said, but basically when you tweet things that say along the lines of, where's my next home? It's, 
It's like, it's like I'm a college football recruit. Where is home? I'm free. Yeah, th those were just some of the tweets that have come to light as it relates to the now former Tennessee Titans receiver. And again, before I move on to Randy Bullock, I just want to go ahead and give this remark on the airwaves about the Robert Woods situation. Thanks, J-Rub. So that's pretty much me clearing the air about Robert Woods. Moving on to Randy Bullock, who I'm going to touch on very briefly because, and I guess I shouldn't say that this move is not important because given the, the laundry list of kickers that the Tennessee Titans have gone through over the last several years, really, I mean, really since Mike Vrabel's been there, and I mean, even I think even Mike Vrabel made the joke of bringing up the, he was being sarcastic when he said this, obviously, but he made the comment, of something to, along the lines of, look at the 15 kick or so kickers that we've been through since I've been the head coach, which was really funny, but also very sad all at the same time. And again, as I said before, this saves about $2 million for the Titans in 2023, which I guess, hell, it doesn't hurt, but it sort of helps. But obviously you'd want to cut a little bit more salary off the books, which is why I'm thinking that there's going to be plenty of restructurings involved as it relates to just to rattle off three names that come to my mind, Bud Dupree. I think they'll try to restructure him, the outside linebacker, Bud Dupree. Uh, they'll try to restructure him, if not cut him altogether. Ryan Tannehill is another one, and just from really the stubbornness that comes with Mike Vrabel as it relates to him wanting... Ryan Tannehill to come back as the quarterback. I, I do think that as of right now, they're going to try to find a way to make that happen. And Derrick Henry is the third name that comes to mind. I think he's obviously got to get restructured as well. I think, I believe he's only got one more year left on his current deal, and if I'm off on that, you guys in the comment section on Facebook Live, please feel free to correct me, but I believe he's only got one year left on his current deal. I think, and I predict, that they're going to stretch that to at least another year to sort of spread the dollars out over a longer period of time and sort of trim some of the fat 
on the books for 2023 for King Henry's contract. But those are just the three guys that I expect to be discussions as far, there to be discussions as far as restructures are concerned. So that's another quick little sidebar that I have as it relates to the salary cap situation. The fourth guy that got cut recently by the Titans, Zach Cunningham. This is one that, again, as I said, of the four guys that got cut, this is probably the most surprising, and I say that purely from a veteran leadership standpoint, because now that Zach Cunningham is off of the roster, who are the Titans going to go with as it relates to your middle linebackers? And it's weird because I've been hearing some talk recently about not bringing back David Long, which I think would be a very big mistake. And I think it's going to be a pretty sad situation for the Titans because of the really lack of depth that they have at the inside linebacker spot. And I think it's going to be a... And just another really quick sidebar for the Titans fans that are well aware of who's on the roster and who's not on the roster at the present moment, you'll know where I'm coming with this. If you're familiar with the team personnel and whatnot, like I am, I study it very religiously, in fact. No, not really, but I am very familiar with team personnel. Anyway, the two middle linebackers that stick out in my in my head, and I'm just going to use them as an example, are Dylan Cole, who is a very good special teamer, and Jack Gibbons, Dr. Gibby, the vaunted Dr. Gibby, two undrafted free agents. Now, picture this. It, it is going, imagine this. Week one, the Tennessee Titans, two starting middle linebackers, Dylan Cole and Jack Gibbons. That, that is not good. And obviously they do still have Monty Rice in the fold. He's kind of been one of those young, developing guys, but he hasn't really shown enough to warrant a starting job in my mind. And again, behind him, everybody like your Dylan Coles and your Jack Gibbonses are just kind of eh. And so that's another reason, that's the main reason why the release of Zach Cunningham was very surprising to me just from a personnel standpoint. From a production standpoint, I can see why they made the move. 
because when you look at how many games he played last year, he only played five games last year. Five. Out of 17 regular season games, which is not good, to say the least. And, of course, as I was talking about earlier, with the, as I was sort of alluding to earlier with the offense, injuries did not help. Injuries also did not help on the defensive side of the ball as well. And Zach Cunningham is a prime example for having spent 12 games last year on the injured reserve list. So that was not a good situation for the Tennessee Titans to find themselves in. But before I get to where I would go from here, I, w I will say this. The Titans had better find a way to to try to bring to bring back David Long. I mean, they better find some way to determine who's playing inside linebacker for them this season because if they don't, teams are just going to be throwing just bullets over the middle of the field all day in the direction of Dylan Cole and Dr. Gibby. And that is not a good situation for the Titans to be in. Now, after making all these moves, the next question you might be wanting to ask me is, Jim, how did the Titans f go about fixing all of these problems? in terms of holes on their roster are concerned. Number one, and I'm just going to get this out of the way hypothetically, let's just say that all the restructures with Tannehill, Bud Dupree, and Derrick Henry all go through. So that's all done and out of the way hypothetically just for the purposes of this argument that I'm about to make. As far as building the team, and again, this is all hypothetical. I really have no idea what sort of numbers the Titans would be dealing with if they made these moves. Obviously, if these restructures were to happen, we'd get a little bit more clear picture as it relates to where the Titans are with the salary cap. But all of that aside, the question becomes, are we, are we looking to just retool, as I've alluded to my personal preference as to what I would do in a previous episode of this show, or are we looking to rebuild totally, which as a fan, you're, as a fan of a team that was the number one team in the AFC just a couple of seasons ago, I'm not going to get into that Bengals game, what happened in that Bengals game for 
obvious and heartbreaking reasons, but people like to forget, people like to forget, frankly, that the Tennessee Titans were in fact the number one seed in the AFC two years ago. And obviously when you take that into account and are faced with the possibility of going through a rebuild, that's really not the easiest pill to swallow as a Tennessee Titans fan. But based on, again, the stubbornness of Mike Rabel, and you can just tell, basically, if you were to tell Mike Rabel and again, this is the stubborn Mike, former hard-nosed, three-time Super Bowl champion with the Patriots linebacker Mike Vrabel that we're talking about here, who was a total stranger to the word rebuild. If you were to come to him with the idea of a team that is going through a rebuild, he would probably send a laundry list of expletives your way because that is not something I would think that he would be particularly happy to do. And judging by some of the comments that Rand Carthon has made in the past, the new general manager, at his introductory press conference, he said verbatim, this is a competitive team. So, and obviously you've got to take into account where Rand Carthon has come as well, and and the organization that he's come from, and the situations that this team has been in over the last couple of postseasons. I'm ob- for those who may not be aware, I'm obviously talking about the San Francisco 49ers. Obviously, the 49ers haven't spent a lot of time rebuilding over the last four or five years or so. But judging by the comments that Rand Carthon made and just really the guy that Mike Rabel is, a rebuild, a rebuild, total rebuild is not something that is on either one of their minds. So you've obviously hypothetically got to go into a retool situation. And how would you do this? If you were to ask me, My answer would be you've got to find some way to address the top two needs that this football team has. And by far those are wide receiver, offensive line, not necessarily in that order. Matter of fact, I would probably put the offensive line at a much greater level of importance than wide receiver, especially since you've got Traylon Burks 
coming back from injury and entering his second season. So how would I attack this offseason? What I would do is, as it relates to free agency and the draft, I would probably put more emphasis on targeting offensive linemen in free agency, which allows you to put, as an organization, to put more focus on receivers in the draft, because this is a really deep wide receiver draft. I mean, I'll get into all these specifics a little bit more in detail in future episodes of the show, but just as it relates to individual prospects, but as it relates to just a few names off the top of my head that are coming up in the draft at the receiver position, I'm just going to get the two balls out of the way early. Jalen Hyatt, Cedric Tillman, and then you have Jordan Addison from USC and Jackson Smith and Jigba from the Ohio State University. And I just threw up in my mouth for having referred to them as the Ohio State University. That, that is, of course, what they call themselves. Ohio State has one of the most nauseating fan bases in college football in that regard. So those are just a few names that are coming up in the draft in a little over two months, a little over two months from now. Again, I would have to go back and check the calendar on when dra- when the draft is, but it's usually mid to late April. But those are just a few names, and there are again there are plenty of other names. This is a really deep wide receiver draft, and that is really the main reason why I think the Titans need to put more emphasis on receivers in the draft and focus more on the offensive line in free agency. Now, the next thing you might ask me is which offensive linemen are going to be available in free agency. And franchise tags aside, because some of these guys may be franchise tagged, the window to do that actually opened this week and runs all the way through March the 7th. And so it's going to be a really interesting situation to monitor as it relates to who ends up getting tagged, really for quarterbacks more so than offensive linemen, but that's a discussion for another time. But assuming none of these guys get franchise tagged by their teams, these are just a running list of names that the Titans could pursue. You've got Orlando Brown from Kansas City, Andre Dillard from Philadelphia, 
former first round draft pick, I might add, Andre Dillard, is probably a name that I expect the Titans to be connected to, uh, mainly based on his youth more than anything, because I believe he's only been in the league for about four years or so. So that's another name. Caleb McGarry from Atlanta. And then you've also got Isaiah Wynn from the New England Patriots, also a former first-round draft pick. And this is probably the name that I expect the Titans will be linked to the most based on the Ran Carthon connection more than anything. You've also got Mike McGlinchey from the San Francisco 49ers. And so that's just some of the offensive tackles, some of the left tackles that I expect the Titans will be connected to. Now, I've also got a list of receivers' names jotted down, free agent receivers, because I've also sort of explored the mindset of while I would go offensive tackle and free agency lean more toward receivers in the draft, the Titans also have the possibility of leaning more toward offensive linemen in the draft and picking up a receiver in free agency. So these are just some of the free agent receivers that I have in mind. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster from Kansas City, who I think would really be an ideal fit for the Titans. As far as veteran leadership goes, he'll kind of really fill in that, again, veteran leadership role that we expected Robert Woods to have and that we expected Julio Jones to have, possibly. And again, I want to give a big shout-out to J-Rob for putting the Titans into that messy situation, the Julio Jones situation. But Juju obviously had a... Phenomenal year this season. He's obviously coming off of a Super Bowl championship. And I think he would obviously be a very good fit if the Titans decide to go that route. Matt Collins is another name from the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, Jarvis Landry, although I've sort of... I've got his name mentioned, but obviously he's got some injury concerns that he's been dealing with throughout his career, which may cause the Titans to take a pass on his services, but that remains to be seen. And then you've got Jacoby Myers from New England, and you've also got McCall Hardman from Kansas City. He is, of course, 
coming off cement. He was sort of banged up this season as far as it relates to his injury situation, but hopefully he's going to come back healthy. I do not expect the Chiefs to try to pick him back up, so McCall Hardman is also an option for the Titans to consider. So those are just a few names that I expect the Titans to be, to not necessarily be linked to or be in the running for. That is just who personally I would be interested in talking to if I were Ram Carthon. Last point I'm going to make, and this is obviously where a lot of the restructures that I've talked about come into play, because the Titans have also got some really big decisions to make on the defensive side of the ball as well, with Jeffrey Simmons, Big Jeff in particular. He is obviously one of, when you think about who the top defensive tackles in the league are, who are the top two that come to mind? For me, the first one is obviously Aaron Donald. And the second one is, and I can, I can say this objectively as well, just based not solely on the fact that I'm a Titans fan, but the second name that comes to my mind is Big Jeff. And obviously, since he's taken the league by storm after the Titans selected him in the first round, this is one of J-Rob's hits, by the way. I've obviously talked about some of the misses that he's had. This is one of the big hits from the John Robinson administration, Big Jeffrey Simmons, and he's obviously got to get paid as well. That is obviously going to take a lot of money, especially considering the contract that Aaron Donald signed a couple of years ago. And Big Jeff is obviously a very big priority. I have no idea what his numbers are going to look like in terms of his final contract if he does agree to one with the Titans and hopefully he just hopefully, please, let him agree to a contract. We, we need him badly. But he is obviously a big concern. Ran Carthon has said that Jeffrey Simmons is one of his top priorities. And everything I've been saying on Twitter, and again, this is Twitter, so you can make of that what you will, but everything I've been seeing on Twitter is that the contract talks have been going in a positive direction. So that's a very big thing. It's also sort of funny 
that Jeff Simmons is now trying to recruit the recently cut Bobby Wagner to come and play for the Titans. Bobby Wagner is obviously a stud. I do not know if that is ever going to materialize or not, but if it does and we can get Bobby Wagner on a team-friendly deal, which is not something I would expect him to be that interested in, but let's just say hypothetically he is, that would also solve some of the middle linebacker issues as well. And we would not have to deal with the prospect of Dylan Cole and Dr. Gibby at middle linebacker for the Titans. God, just just saying that. Just saying Dylan Cole and Jack Gibbons as the starting middle linebackers for the Titans makes me throw up in my mouth because that is not an ideal situation as I've already been very clear about already. And so I do not expect that to happen. We will obviously see how good Jeffrey Simmons' recruiting skills are, and we will also be paying very close attention to his contract and if how much longer he will be with the two-tone blue. And so, really, that is what I would do if I were Rand Carthon. I would attack free agents. I would really put more emphasis on attacking the offensive line in free agency. I do think I do think that if we are still trying to be a competitive team here, I think that building a more veteran offensive line as opposed to drafting a young and what you would hope to be up-and-coming offensive line. Obviously, I expect at least one offensive lineman will be drafted by the Titans at the very one, and I'm talking one at the very least, but I think having a more veteran offensive line, especially when you have a running back like Derrick Henry, is going to be a big thing, and that allow doing that allows the Titans to put more resources into this very deep, very deep class at wide receiver that's going to be coming out in the draft in just a couple of months. And so that is really how I would proceed with retooling this Tennessee Titans team. I'm going to be touching on the draft much more, much, much more over the course of the next couple of weeks because obviously there's been, and I'm just going to give a little bit of pretext as to 
those future episodes. Obviously, there's been some rumors going around that the Titans would consider trading Jeffrey Simmons to the Chicago Bears to move up to number one to draft a quarterback or to trade for Justin Fields. And obviously, those are just rumors at this point. I think the Bears would be sort of dumb to consider trading Justin Fields. I think this is really all smoke screens about Justin Fields as it relates to how he played, because Justin Fields was a monster this year. There's no doubt about that, and with a better supporting cast around him, which is why I think the Bears are going to try to look out at, look at trading out of the number one pick for other assets that I'm going to be getting into on future episodes of the show, but as of right now, I think I will say on this on this particular episode that I think the Bears would be pretty dumb to consider tra actually going through with trading Justin Fields. Although if they do end up trading him to the Titans, there is a small part of me that would be kind of excited about it. But that is pretty much all of the time that I'm going to spend talking about draft rumors today, and that is really all of the time that I have for this particular edition of the show as it relates to retooling the Titans. And so with that, I want to thank you all so much for tuning into, listening, or watching this edition of the Jim Bratton Podcast. I very much appreciate it, and I will see you soon.